Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Alaska, Arizona, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Maine, Montana, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Virginia, Washington State, Wisconsin, and something new, Australia. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey guys, today is June 21st and I'm so happy to be back with you. I've been out of the country for a short time investigating San Miguel, Mexico. If you haven't been there, you surely should visit. Uh, If you like cobblestone streets and big cathedrals and uh, beautiful picturesque landscape, go to San Miguel. So now I'm back and back in the saddle, just put together a news alert you are going to love. Wow. We have an amazing leader in the state of Idaho. His name is Conrad Woodall, and he comes to us with an incredible background. Conrad Woodall, now retired, is a professional forensic psychologist, and he is the leader of our Idaho chapter of Parents' Rights in Education. He has extensive knowledge and experience working with sexual abuse victims as a Sacramento police officer, where he served for 11 years in the patrol. Woodall taught at the community college level for 10 years in both psychology and criminal justice programs. His grad school thesis focused on therapeutic benefits of self-defense on survivors of sexual assault, sex trafficking, and intimate partner violence through targeted exposure therapy. Woodall ran a self-defense school for 18 years in Northern California, specializing in women's self-defense. Now, the fascinating thing is, Conrad Woodall is coming at comprehensive sexuality education and so-called gender education or gender identity education from a very different perspective than what we have been uh, hearing and expressing for the last several years. Now, I will say that we've always suspected and known that teaching sexuality, exposing children at very young ages, and even children in middle school and high school. We consider middle school to be a very sensitive time for young people. But even high schoolers are uh, influenced by the sexuality education that they are receiving in K-12 through education. 
these students are being set up, guys. They're being set up for sexual exploitation. This is what Conrad says about it. Modeling and observational learning behaviors, now called gender expression, are used falsely to justify gender instruction as age-appropriate. Teaching comprehensive sexuality education and gender identity in K-4 through fourth grade can lead to sexual abuse. Grooming steps by child molesters are identical to current K-12 classroom instruction, constituting pre-grooming. Molesters are enabled by access to more vulnerable children as an entire generation of children are pre-groomed by the public schools. Long-standing child development research theory does not support teaching sex ed and gender identity to young children. Public schools rob parents and children from protective safety measures for identifying and preventing molestation, says Woodall. And of course, in addition, we know that public schools follow the SECUS model for empowering children to believe that they have a right to sexual expression and activity if there is consent. Now, everybody asks us, well, how can they be doing that? I mean, this sexuality education that they're teaching is pornographic. It's actually pornographic. Well, guess what? The term pornographic or pornography is not uh, considered to be illegal in, in the legal sense, okay, in our public schools. The term that they use in the law is obscenity. So the notion that public school mandatory comprehensive sexuality education is pornographic and should be considered legally obscene is not new to parents' rights in education. President Ronald Reagan formed a commission to study the serious effects of obscenity in child pornography in our nation. In 1984, he signed legislation isolating child pornography as a uniquely tragic and distinct criminal offense. Our children are being exposed now to pornography in a very different way. Comprehensive sexuality education, which is taught in K-12 classrooms, is a far cry from the health classes of the 1980s. Graphic descriptions of all forms of sexual activities are made available to students, not only via curriculum, but recommended websites. Pornography is even suggested as a means of safe sex. And by the way, it is taught in the public schools. We are getting more and more reports that teachers are discussing good pornography versus bad pornography with their students, talking about it, analyzing it. Now, this would be in the high school level. So do you think it's a good idea for public school teachers to be leading our young people, our teenagers, to view pornography? Where is it found? On the internet. 
And by the way, there is such thing as being addicted to pornography. Okay, I'm going to leave that right there, but we all remember Ted Bundy. He was hooked on Playboy, which led him to more and more graphic and violent pornography. And he did end up murdering many young women after he raped them. Okay, continuing on. (laughs) In other words, it is now legal for a teacher to display obscene materials to minors without parental knowledge or consent. The same legislation has been passed in 43 states, giving educators free reign to peddle materials to students that would otherwise be illegal if an adult showed them to another's minor child. This would not be troubling if schools were forthcoming about what exactly they are authorized teachers to show students, and parents had the right to opt in instead of only having the right to opt out. Now, I want to share some other information with you that I think is very pertinent to this and is uh, available on our website. And it is an op-ed titled, Sex Ed is Not Comprehensive Sexuality Education. Contrary to popular belief, those who oppose comprehensive sexuality education, or CSE, are not against sex ed. Typical accusations include cultural ignorance and uncaring attitudes about premarital pregnancy, which is completely false. Parents today want their children to be knowledgeable about their developing bodies, understand the risks associated with sexual relations at an early age with multiple partners, including pregnancy, HIV, and STI prevention. Although CSE curriculums address these issues, the underlying premise and actual curriculum focus is of greatest concern. Alfred Kinsey, the father of CSE, built it on the premise children are born sexual beings. And because of it, they have a right to sexual pleasure by themselves or with a partner. Even more incredulous is the notion children should be involved in regular sexual activity to maintain good health. Please make a note of this statement. I'm going to say it again. Alfred Kinsey, considered the father of CSE, built it on the premise, children are sexual beings, and they're born that way. And they should be involved in regular sexual activity to maintain good health. Inspired by these theories, current law provides children rights to sexual privacy and autonomy, birth control and abortion, purposely excluding parents. According to Kinsey followers, most societal sexual and gender norms, especially those based in religious beliefs, are considered repressive, even unhealthy, and should be changed. 
Kinsey was not a medical doctor. He was a homosexual pedophile who came to his conclusions by molesting children as young as two months of age and for, quote, sexual research, unquote, purposes, encouraged others to do the same. He then documented how many orgasms the child could achieve in a given period of time. In his book, Sexual Behavior in the Human Female, he claims that the children's definite pleasure from the situation was evidenced in their screams, convulsions, hysterical weeping, fighting, and striking the partner, the adult partner. Because all CSE programs share the same goals, Kinsey's ideas about sexuality in children are evidenced in the various curricula, such as Flash, The Great Body Shop, The Three R's, and many others. Classroom leaders encourage students to experiment with sex and sexuality to whatever feels right for them with a consenting partner and to be safe using recommended forms of birth control. For example, CSE strives to establish a positive learning environment, encouraging students to use birth control. Positive features of each birth control method are reinforced, while risk behaviors are either glossed over or avoided. Statistical facts, such as failure rates, are replaced with feelings and opinions. Is very effective. Works better than most people may think. Parents who really care about their children want them to have a thorough knowledge of risks, both physical and emotional, in order to make an informed decision about sexual activity or any other risky behavior. CSE teaches the Kinsey notion. Students have the right to explore all types of sexual activity, including oral and anal. According to the CDC, since CSE was introduced in Washington State, the rates of oral cancers and STIs in youth ages 15 to 25 have skyrocketed. CSE does not do a good job of explaining the most common STIs, gonorrhea and chlamydia, can live on parts of the body not covered by a condom. Therefore, one is at great risk of contracting an STI even when using a condom. There is no mention of the dangers associated with anal sex, incontinence, anal tears, and fissures. The fact condoms are not created for anal sex and commonly break is replaced with the lie that using a condom assures student safety. Remember, Kinsey's ideas, children are sexual from birth and good health includes sexual activity. Who would have thought grade school children as young as five years of age would be introduced to sexual touching. CSE instructs kindergarten children the medical lie that sex is not biology, but now called gender, is determined by a strong feeling. In fact, students are welcome to come to school the next day dressed as another gender because biological sex is assigned by a doctor, not determined by a person's chromosomes.
Parents are concerned with the blatant desire of school staff to step into their role, turning children against parents by keeping life-changing health decision-making from them. CSE curriculums, without exception, encourage students' right to privacy and autonomy, excluding their parents. The overriding theme promotes independent decision-making regarding sexual activity, birth control, abortion, and all health-related services. Washington state law provides minors the right to access without parental knowledge or consent. Parents finding out their child is sexually active is often cited as a barrier to students using condoms. Child Protective Services is suggested as an example when middle school students are asked to list helpful health care resources. Parents are not included among the recommendations. Statistics show when students abstain from or delay sexual activity, not only is pregnancy or contracting STIs avoided, but they are confident, less likely to suffer from depression, excel academically, and have a positive outlook for the future. Parents want their children to understand their developing bodies, fetal development, pregnancy prevention, and HIV and SDI prevention. They want their child to avoid or delay sexual activity. And they want them to know the facts about birth control and the risks, both physical and emotional, related to sexual activity, ensuring a happier, healthier outcome for their future as an adult, a spouse, and a parent. CSE does not provide that perspective. We're happy to announce Conrad Woodall will be a speaker at the Safe School Summit, August 6th. Be there. Register now. Remember, this is a national event. The seats will fill up fast. This is Parents' Rights Now. Please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Oh, and one last thing. It would be so, so great if you could help us out financially as well. You know, we have ongoing expenses every month and we're growing, growing like crazy. And uh, we do give assistance to all of our chapters. They can uh, ask people in their various states to contribute. So you might want to consider that if there is a chapter in your state, uh, you can indicate that you prefer for the money to go directly to the state. And Pre keeps 20% of that and 80% goes to the chapters to help them with their expenses for printing, etc. A lot of them are putting on events and we encourage them to do that. And so this helps them to grow and to take action. And um, anyway, just go to the donate page on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Thanks much.